When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We now present Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts on the Ride with Royce. All right, here it is, Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts on a... Interesting weekend, but certainly not an action-packed one. And and let me uh, preface this by saying that there are four deep thoughts. Uh One of them is non-sports related, but I think you will both enjoy. And that will be number four. Is it about caves? Is it about caves? (laughs) Zip lines. (laughs) Nothing about caves. No, not quite. All right, here we go. All right, number one. Yeah, I feel so happy, you know, so proud. Thanks God you had the opportunity to play in the... We a lot of good stars, you know, like me. You know, we got a lot of good players. We know a couple guys play well too. They deserve to be there too. So, but you know, that's baseball. That's that's the moment. So I feel proud for representing my my organization, Minnesota Twins, and my family, Puerto Rico. So I'm so excited to to be there. Jose Barrios headed to the All Star Game. Good for him. He's had a nice uh, first half, and uh, he so far he's the lone Twins representative. And he's a chucker tonight, right? I believe so. Yes. He would have had. A, they would have been better off if Rosario would have made it as an outfielder, and Barrios uh, would have had it as the pitchers start to bail out of this thing. Right. For instance, Verlander. Everybody's upset about this Blake Snell not being on the team for Tampa, but he's going to Verlander's pitching Sunday, so. Yep. He's going to be taken off, so he'll get on. But, uh, uh, you know, Barrios has had a, a a good year. Hasn't been uh, the last two haven't been his best, and he's pitching tonight, right, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, hopefully he isn't all amped up to prove he's an all-star. But, hey, he's, the kid's pretty dang good. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I'm a little upset about the Rosario situation. A, because Eddie's my guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And B, uh, Brantley. I mean, come on. Why does he keep making all-star teams? He doesn't play. Right. He misses a month Never every healthy. year. Uh, make him play. And Shin Su Chu, all right, he's been on base 47 straight games. He can't carry Eddie's cleats. Right, okay. but who are you going to take off Texas? Uh, that's not my problem. I, uh, <laughs> but my, my point is just that every yes. team has to be represented. you got to yes. take somebody. See, yeah. and that to me is the biggest I yes. love the baseball all-star game, but that is the one thing that's always kind of annoyed me is that every yes. team has to have yeah, one But right now the roster's got so damn many. What are they got? They're up to 34, I think, or something like that. But the, the consolation for Rosario is to get on a ballot that you got Giancarlo Stanton on it right. and has got Ben and Tendi on it. Yeah. And it's got, he's, he's got the same chance to get elected as me. Right. <laughs> All right, number two. Chicago has gone three and a half minutes without a field goal. Minute 15 in the game clock. Levine. Wow! 
Levine's eyes were at the rim, and it looked like it didn't take any effort for him to get there. Now he gets an open look at a three, and cans it to tie the game! Yes, Zach Levine. I'm glad Levine. you hit this one. I'm glad you hit this yes, one. Yes, Zach Levine. He's uh, he's getting paid. He's got uh, four-year, I believe... 78 million. 78 million. I saw 80 from some, but I think it is 78 million. Uh, The Kings signed him to an offer sheet. Of course, he's a restricted free agent, and uh, the Bulls did not hesitate in matching uh, said offer, and uh, good for him. Good for him. What do you think of the Bulls at matching? Is he a $20 million player? I think now in this current market, if, I mean, if Andrew Wiggins is getting. Yeah. A max, yeah, thirty. So, so yeah. I mean, I mean, Zach. I like Levine. I like the... Levine as a guy. Uh, he, he was out so much last year. It's hard right. to say uh, how good a player. And they did. He's they did be. put in some. I think there are some injury. There's some language yeah. in the in the contract to sort of protect. Which the Bulls they said from. made it. Uh, the, the, when the Kings made the offer, they put those in. So right. then that that gave the Bulls a chance. I to do, do love it though. He had the tweet saying, "I can't wait, Chicago. I'm so excited." Yeah, even though you signed with another team technically a couple of days ago. He, yeah, yeah. And he probably had the intention of knowing sure. that it was going to get matched I saw anyway. our guy Dan right. Bernstein. Uh, he's, uh, my theory, let Sacramento have him. So, uh, Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that they're still, while we think the Bulls really did well in that trade, down there in Chicago there's a lot of people who don't still think it was a bad trade. Yeah. So then they well, essentially would have just given Jimmy, well, I guess they got Chris Dunn, too. But, and they got Markinen, who's the best of the three. He's probably yeah. the best, the, the shooter. The, and I think the there's hit. there's there's a little angst with Zach because he came back from the injury and he didn't, you know, he didn't really produce as well as he had been the last couple of years with the Wolves, but he's coming off an ACL, so you have to kind of give him a break. So this coming season, though, I think will be pretty telling on how he's going to be. Good so, for him. He's a, he's yes. a good guy. All right, number three. OG on the move. Crossover. He's stuck and shot blocked by Kata Bates Diop. Bates Diop with a good block. Oh, and he hits another one. Doing it on both ends. This young man, Big Ten player of the year, knocking down corner threes. Kata Bates Diop had a nice little performance in Summer League uh, yesterday 24 points, 11 rebounds, and. Certainly, that's made some not shots. what. He's, yes, he did, and uh, blocked a couple shots. And what three? I think he made three threes. Yeah, um, and if they are going to be good long term, they need to get something out of this kid. I mean, he's I know he's a second round pick, but he's Belly's yeah. replacement. He's the guy. He's going to play that. And this position. is how this is how the Warriors became the Warriors because Draymond Green slipped to them in the second mm-hmm. round and. I'm not saying this kid's got to be Draymond Green, but you got to. This is how you get good. You find sure. a way to get guys in the second round that contribute long term for we'll you. We'll be talking to uh, Zagoda at about 4:40. Uh, he's uh, he was out there watching last night. So, Sorry if I missed it. Did Belly sign somewhere? Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh, he yeah. did. He I missed got, that one he year. He only got 5.3 or years. Really? Like yeah. yeah. Wow. I think it was. I don't even think it was that much. I think it was like four and a half, maybe or something yeah, like that. He but, took a. I think the rep in the league was uh, that uh, you couldn't count on him to go three weeks without getting hurt you know, yeah. or disappearing. So. Plus, the one thing about him that was always odd was he wouldn't shoot yeah. when he was open. He'd be wide open and yeah. he, he would head fake or drive he, uh, or whatever. will not have much pressure on him in uh, Philadelphia, though. He'll come off the bench. Yeah, that's almost a perfect spot for him. Yeah, and that's more of a of system where they, yeah. they like shooting a lot of threes. And, they still and have Reddick too. Did they resign him? Yep, they brought Reddick back, so they'll be pretty good again. Uh, all right, number four. I saved this one for last. It's not sports-related at all, but you guys will probably get a kick out of it. What country are you from? What? what? I ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in what? 
What? English, little sucker, do you speak it? Yes. Then you know what I'm saying. Yes. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again. Say what again. <laughs> I dare you. I double dare you, my friend. Say what one more damn time. Pulp oh, Fiction. I turned yes. on AMC on okay. Saturday morning at about 9.30. Mm-hmm. And Pulp Fiction was on. Yes. And as soon as I turned it on, I'm thinking, okay, why why is this movie on at 9 <laughs> o'clock in the morning on a <laughs> yes. Saturday on regular cable? Uh-huh. And, of course, it was right at that scene yes. early in the movie. And, of course, that, that was the edited version that went yeah. over the television. And I'm thinking, this is just wrong. Oh, you did cannot, they have it edited? They yes, had the obscenities that, out of it? Yeah, the, the obscenities were pretty much out of it. Yeah, what well, was played there it was... an hour and 20 minute movie then, huh? <laughs> Right, so, yeah, I'm just sitting here watching this and I'm like, this is wrong. You cannot have this movie <laughs> no. on at 9 o'clock <laughs> no. on right. a Saturday morning right. on regular cable, like... Any Tarantino movie should be banned from regular daytime cable. Any daylight, a hint of daylight, it yes. cannot be on. There's yeah, no right. reason for that whatsoever. Now so. you're going to make me do this, you know. Okay. AK-47. <laughs> very now that's a different movie. I thought it was full fiction. No, absolutely. No. Positively. Got to get in the room. <laughs> no substitutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was uh, that was Jackie Brown. Dang but, it. Uh, yes, it's Still uh, a great Pulp Fiction film. is... Uh, <laughs> Is fantastic. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, the uh, the uh, Harvey Keitel character is uh, what, what was his Will Will Mr. Wolf Mr. Wolf Mr. Wolf. Yeah. Now was he a fixer? Was no oh, cleaner? The cleaner. cleaner. He was cleaner. the cleaner. He was the cleaner. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll be back. Those were Manny's four deep thoughts for the weekend. Serena Williams, the finest 25th seed in the history of Wimbledon, and it was controversial when they gave her the 25th seed, today beat a qualifier named Rodina, R-O-D-I-N-A, last name, 6-2-6-2 on Monday. You know, today was, I don't know if this is new or if they always done it this way, but they called it manic monday at wimbledon because they don't play on sunday you know they don't play on that first sunday they don't play mm-hmm. at wimbledon uh they start the on monday they don't buy a tradition is that okay and uh uh i don't think it's because of the strong strength of the anglican church sure. but uh, I, I don't know why they do that now sometimes i think when they have big rain problems they might but they this might year have they to, haven't okay. had any rain outs uh so to speak but today they had all 16 quarterfinal matches. Uh, eight men, eight, I mean, all 16 round of 16 matches. Uh, eight men, eight women. And we haven't given any attention to Wimbledon. But Serena wins today. But what's been going on with the women at Wimbledon the last week is amazing. None of the top 10 seeds are left in the mm. quarterfinals. They all got beat. The last top 10 seed, uh, Pliskova, Carolina Pliskova, got beat by a woman named Kiki Burtons, 6-3-7-6. She was seventh seed. She had been the only female player in the top 10 to re- reach the fourth round, the fewest in a glam sa- sa- slam event in the open era following a slew of upsets in the first week. 
Her loss marks the first time in the open era that any major has featured a quarterfinal round without a top 10 on either the men's or women's side, according to ESPN Stats and Information. Uh, oh, wait a minute. What do you mean, without a top 10 seed? Uh, this this can't uh, be right for the men. Nadal and uh, Djokovic are both advanced. They had to be top 10 seeds. So it's just, just the women then? That don't have a top 10 seed left? Just the women, yes. They don't have a top seed. The highest, uh, Angelique Kerber is at 11 seed, and she's advanced. But the women advancing, here's uh, one reason I bring this up. If you watch tennis like I do, you were probably disappointed that Maria Sharapova got beat. Mm -hmm. But the woman who beat her is is a young Russian, a tall, uh, very attractive Russian named... Astapenko, and she's advanced to the uh, round of eight. So uh, you you might want to uh, so become, have no fear. Be, become a fan of Astapenko. <laughs> uh, those uh, the the it seems to be an endless supply of tall, good looking, uh, very fine playing <laughs> Russians. But we got Serena in the semis. You know who else we got in there? We got Kasat Hiva. We got Astapenko. Mm-hmm. We got Sibolkova. And we got Burton. Uh, and then we got Georgie and George S. Uh, and what I'm saying is, tennis, how did tennis become an Eastern European sport? It's all, you know, we, we got all the rich kids and the, the clubs. I'm trying the, to think of what is, sport would have replaced it here in the States. Yeah, you're right. Oh, well, in the 70s, or before you guys' time, uh, McEnroe Borg era, Connors. Every town, and you could drive all over Minnesota and see abandoned tennis courts with weeds growing out sure. of them. Everybody built them in the 70s because tennis was, was the sport yeah. of the future. Uh, and uh, then it, people found out it's, it's like golf, it's too hard. You can't, <laughs> I mean, you okay. Let's go out and have some exercise, honey. We'll play tennis. But it's neither of us can hit a ball in fair territory, and it lasts. You know, you spend all your time turning around walking to pick up the tennis ball. You never, you never, you don't have any volleys or anything. It's too hard. It is, it's not a terrible. Well, I guess it is kind of an expensive sport because you have to do lessons mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So yeah, I guess that's probably part of it too. Ah, uh, Djokovic, Nadal. You know who's uh, the the big tall guy from the U.S. is the only U.S. player, Isner. Isner. Is, is it Jason? Jason uh, Isner? I think it's John. John, John Isner, Isner, the great big guy. And he's the one that had that really long. Yeah, years ago. Well, years ago. That, that fantastic yeah. one. Nishikora, Rayanovic, and Federer are still alive. So they got Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal. How could they not? How could they say they don't have any top ten seeds? What a story this is. This is. Uh, it, it oh, is. Oh, I think they'd said. It's the first time that either the men or the women didn't have a top 10 seed. Uh, That's what they're saying in the quarterfinals. So Serena looks like uh, she'll come back from having the baby and uh and uh lead uh you it, know and, and win again it would she be pretty amazing to beat. yes it would be pretty amazing if because Federer is the number one seed on the men's side and what he's is, 36 I think he I think he turns 37 in yeah. August. And you got Serena at you know yeah, at around the same age, thirty five. Uh, Venus got beat, but uh, yeah, I mean, if those two end up ago. winning it, I mean, yes, it's amazing. Serena is. Uh, I wonder what that baby weighs. 
That baby's got to be that baby's got to be a moose. That <laughs> photo though that she put on Instagram was pretty cool of the baby sitting at uh, uh, sitting on the on the court. That was that was a pretty cool mm-hmm. photo. Yes, well, uh, but anyway, uh, Serena comes back, hadn't played, and uh, what she played in the French and. Did she play? In a, she got knocked out in the first round. I think she, I think it was the French. Yeah, yeah, she didn't. But uh, Serena, way to go, Serena! Uh, she's uh, she only she made the final eight. None of them. It is astounding how none of them, hundreds of thousands of young tennis players. She's thirty five now. She gets on a court with any of them, and if she plays her game. They don't have they, a, they don't a chance. No shot. She, no shot. she hits the ball twice as hard as they do. Now, you know, maybe not all on her serves, but her ground strokes and everything else, she just kills the ball. And uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. So uh, Serena Williams in Wimbledon, which has uh, been upset how, nation today. How is the overall health of tennis, though? I mean, obviously it's not what it was, as you great. mentioned, in the 70s, but... They still have the big corporate dollar that obviously is getting them, you know, the the, the big the big tournaments. And I stuff. think any any sport, uh, at least in this country, where we aren't real good at it, is in trouble. Don't you think? Okay. And tennis is when's our last male star? We haven't had one. Roddick Sampras. Roddick was Sampras was the guy. Roddick was supposed to be, but, but he never, never really was that. Hell, he ended up retiring it. at age twenty eight or thirty or something. Yeah, was it health related? Why did he retire? He so just, I just think he just didn't want to do it anymore. anymore. He again, won the beat. one. I think he won think, the U.S. Open in. And he got married and have a kid yeah. or something. I think he decided the hell with it. Yeah, the swimsuit yeah. model. Yes, I probably would have retired too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he might add some tryouts before that too. I don't know, tennis player. But yeah, Sampras was. Probably the last like really really good U.S. player because Agassi was the rock star that kind of yeah. drew a lot of the casual sports yeah. fans into tennis. Yeah, and then he boy. married Brooke Shields and then yeah. kind of fell off the map a little bad bit. Bad guy, and... but but actually McEnroe and Borg was the zenith yeah. of tennis. Yeah, the zenith of tennis because you had that was one of the rare times. When we were rooting against the American because he was such a jackass, we wanted the we wanted the phlegmatic Swede to beat him. You cannot be serious. <laughs> but I mean, the, the sports writers didn't like him because he was a jerk. But did the American they, public? Uh, we didn't like him. Either. Well, serve certain. You know, football fans probably liked him because he was boisterous. Because he yeah. was a jackass. Did that movie come out with? I think Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be playing Mac and Roll. What? I think. You really? Never, you never saw no, it? Uh, it must not have came out. He, yeah, I saw uh, something about yeah. Uh, there is a Borg of uh, Connors. Uh, I mean, a Borg uh, McEnroe uh, documentary out there. But there's there's good. like a movie coming there out, is, and I, I think, think Shia LaBeouf is going to play. It might be out already. already. I think but Shia LaBeouf the Transformers plays, kid is going to yeah, play. Wow, he plays McEnroe. All right. Yeah. Hey, actually, I saw it. Now that you bring it up, yeah, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. It wasn't a great movie, but it's the the interesting character in that duo was Borg. Though that guy had demons, man. He had really? serious mm. demons. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was so trained not to lose that uh, it was unbelievable. Hey, I I uh, I would like to pay tribute to the Baltimore Orioles who just uh, left town here. <laughs> I, I gave. Uh, I, I mentioned this in the three o'clock hour, but this Baltimore team, that performance they put on yesterday afternoon, Manny Machado, who's gonna make. $200 million, makes one of the dumbest plays of all time, tries to throw home when they're set up to make a double play, turns into an eight-run inning. They, they, the, the Mancini damn near got killed 
out in right field. He let three balls drop out there. They they uh, they were by far the worst fielding team in Major League Baseball coming in, and they proved why. And to have a Buck Walter team be that bad and that indifferent is amazing, but I gave you guys this stat. 1988, they lose their first 21. They're 0 and 21. After 89 games, they were 29 and 60. This team is five games behind that, that pace. Is absolutely for against incredible. a team that lost their first 21. They're 24 and 65. They're going to lose 120 games. Remember when we talked to Timmy earlier this season because it was the 30th yeah. anniversary of that? He says, there has to be a 30 for 30 on that 0-21. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. never going to happen again they, in baseball. The Orioles have become Rachel Phelps' Cleveland Indians before mm-hmm. they oh. like actually started to play well and get and good at the end of the movie. The ownership is very similar because Angelo is this ornery, nasty jackass who... Uh, Buck came in and saved him there for a while and put pretty good team. The only difference is that he's not trying to move them to Florida. No, no, (laughs) but he's, uh, but now his two sons who are supposed to be really not heads are running the thing. And they got, I mean, Duquette, they, one thing you see them, they consistently the last three, four years have sold all their international signing money. They've like avoided signing international players as a strategy. And, that's where the game is. And what That's I, where the game is. What I find hilarious too are is that ownership group is the ones that decide that Andy McPhail just wasn't up up to snuff. Yeah. And well, they cut him loose. When they fired him, he was the happiest man in America yes, having was. to work with Angelus. I I talked to him and uh Andy's pretty cautious, but he was not sad to land with Philadelphia. No, it's instead yeah. of Baltimore. All right, we'll be back. Uh Johnny Height and then Jerry Zagoda will give us a little report from Las Vegas on Summer League. Johnny Hyde with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Royals now coming into t- uh, Target Field for a three-game series. Twins, of course, finished up the four-game sweep of the Orioles yesterday. Jose Barrios tonight against lefty Danny Duffy. Uh, Barrios yesterday, as we've talked about, named the uh, American League All-Star team. Eddie Rosario not named as some Twins fans had hoped, but uh, there's still a chance for Eddie to get on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I tried to say it without laughing, but then you had to. There's a chance that uh, <laughs> there's a chance that Trump will nominate a Democrat for the Supreme Court tonight too. <laughs> Uh, Ed, liberal. Eddie is one of five American League All-Star final vote contest players. The players with the most fan votes before this Wednesday, July 11th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, our time, will make the American League team Rosario, of course, hitting 301 with 18 home runs and 53 RBIs. I was just really glad to hear this morning Mike Golick uh, issuing uh, how outraged he was about the All-Star selection. Okay, really, I was actually just <laughs> glad to hear them talk about baseball, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. <laughs> Uh, the White Sox announced they've claimed Ryan Lamar off waivers from the Twins. Really? No, yeah. we lost our guy. Uh-huh. Lamar was designated for assignment by the Twins last week when Jorge Polanco was reinstated from his suspension. Uh, the White Sox actually have two open spots on the 40-man, so they don't need to make a corresponding move. And they did not say he's headed to AAA, so it sounds like uh, Ryan will be joining the active White Sox. Oh, so he might be going to the big leagues, huh? Mm-hmm. Good. Minnesota United adding it. I hope he beats us with a double. (laughs) He's my guy. 
He and Eddie are my guys. We both got robbed here. Minnesota United added its first player of the summer transfer window today, signing ringer, uh, winger, excuse me, Romario Ibera, the mm-hmm. 23-year-old Ecuadorian. Uh, to finish up the transfer, Minnesota used target allocation money. Oh, no. I think that's good. A major league soccer fund created to acquire players who earn higher salaries aren't expected to, and are expected to be key players on the field. His debut could come in the international friendly against Costa Bleep and Rico oh, okay. on Wednesday. <laughs> Which side is Calvo going to play for? Our side or the other side? Uh, well, this is actually a club from Puerto Rico called oh, okay. Por- Costa Rica. Southeast Costa Rica. Okay. Yep. Hey, John. Yeah. How long does the summer transfer window last? Yeah, John. <laughs> did I mention on Saturday they play Real Salt Lake? <laughs> yes, you did. you did. It's a small window, you're, you're saying. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Sure. Uh, both games will be at TCF Big yeah. Stadium. He asks <laughs> like he knows the answer. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Tolliver's deal with the uh, Timberwolves became official today. The team announcing the signing of the 33-year-old free agent. One-year deal worth $5.75 bucks brings him... I think he just turned... Today might be his birthday. Is just, 33rd? just turning 33 right about now, yeah. Huh. Uh, it brings him back to the team for which he played two seasons, ending back in 2012. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. Check out that transfer window, will you? Yeah. <laughs> Jerry's a up from the Star Tribune is out watching some uh, summer league. Got to see the uh, Timberwolves uh, last night. They won a ball game, and Kiata Bates Diop had a heck of a night. Uh, how'd he look to you, sir? Well, he got he got uh, better as the game went on. Patrick, he uh, started a little slowly. Both him and Joshua Kogi kind of I think they were zero for six to start the first quarter, but uh, he just got better as the game went on. The guy who kind of shows he can play. You know, a little a bit of both forward spots, started making threes late uh, in the game in the fourth quarter, then uh, had a big block, and uh, Akoki had one as well. And, uh, you know, they looked pretty good. Granted, it's only summer league, and things are going to change when they get to camp in uh, October. But uh, for a guy for the 48th pick, I don't think they, they could have gone wrong. You know, he's one of those guys that they uh, talked about taking a 20, and for whatever reason, he slipped way down, and they, they uh, nabbed him up. Yeah, he's an old man. He's 22 <laughs> in this yeah, league. Yeah, well, that's maybe one of the reasons he, dro- he dropped, just because, you know, the, the league's all about uh, potential, and they love 19-year-old guys with quote-unquote upside, and sometimes those guys who are 22 or close to 23, they just end up dropping because they don't think there's a, a big room for them to grow. But uh, on the other hand, you know, they're mature. You, it's a big difference talking to a guy who's 19 and a guy who's 22. Uh, Bates Diop uh, was uh, in, in his draft profile. He's listed at six seven. They're listing him at six nine two twenty three. Uh, he's probably about six eight though. Uh, is he a power forward? Uh, can he play that? Uh, can he replace Belly? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I think he's more of a uh, stretch kind of four. I mean, I think the guy who's going to replace Belly is Oliver. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, he's that. And, uh, you know, if he heard this broadcast, he'd roll his eyes at you like he did at Alan Horton when he was introduced because it's Jop, not Diop, Jop. 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 Okay, well, I would have never guessed that. And here's the trouble with Jop as a part of his name. It's just some guy who was a prominent politician in Senegal, right? It's It's not either mom or dad, right? Jop. You know, you got, you got the scoop on me. I don't even, I don't even know that, but yeah, that's, uh, and you're going to see more than once, probably in my writing, and people are going to rip me, but it's going to end up in print Keith, because every time you type Kata, 
it gets changed to Keith. By, <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah, the spell check will not believe it. But uh, yep. I, I saw your little video you posted. He seems like he's a sharp kid. Yeah, he seems to be well spoken, and uh, we'll see how you know they go. They, they they're guaranteed uh, three games, and then they receive. They play tonight at. Uh, uh, well, 10 o'clock Twin Cities time, and then they will see the tournament starting Wednesday. So I think each team is guaranteed at least five games, but they certainly got better. They uh, lost by a point to Denver the first night. They certainly got better, played better. Um, both those guys and uh, even a guy like uh, Jared Terrell, who they signed as a two-way guy, who you may actually actually see up on the big league roster a little bit, kid out of uh, Rhode Island. So they played better last night, and we'll see what they got tonight. Okay, now Akogi, uh, he's uh, really, uh, and if you could see it when they drafted him, and then you could see it on that video you posted. He's an outgoing kid, right? Yeah, he is. And, uh, you know, for a kid who's, who's pretty young, considering he's played two college seasons, um, you know, I think he's still 19, and uh, uh, he has that with the, you know, the, what I just mentioned, the, the upside. And you could tell when he wants to find another gear, he got it. Cause he, uh, I'm not saying he's LeBron, but he did sort of a LeBron that's chasing the guy down last night getting the block. Uh, I think he got charged for the foul, but it was pretty. It looked pretty clean, but uh, he's a guy who's uh, uh, got long arms and, and has shown already in, in little bursts he's, he's got another gear to find. Is he a Chris Dunn type body type? Uh, strong strong type of body? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's maybe quite in, in, built into his body yet like Chris was. I think Chris was a little uh, sturdier. But uh, this guy still got, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, Chris was maybe 22 when he came into the league or yep. 21. So, uh, but he, he is that kind of pick for uh, uh, Tebbs, you know, going over offense for, for defense. And uh, we'll see. He made a, a uh, looked pretty decent, at least shooting a three last night. We'll, we'll see how much of uh, that part of the game he has. Hey, uh, Emil uh, Jefferson, is he signed? Is he on the roster now or is he back in the tryout stage here? I think all those guys, I think they have to kind of re-sign and bring back. Uh, you know, he was the two-way player, and then they turned it into a – and i got to double-check that because at the end of the year they made it into a regular season, regular contract. I'm not sure if that uh, means he is uh, signed at their option this year or they have to go back and, and re-sign him. But uh, late in the year they converted that into a, a, a regular contract. Is, uh, they are going to be looking. They are going to be looking for cheap guys to fill up the roster. Is George's Hunt? Uh, is he gone now, or is he still around? Or uh, what's... I think he's. I think he's gone. I okay. guess anything could happen when they when they fill out the roster and go back. But uh, right now, I think he's not part of their, their plans unless you know, you know, like a, even a guy like Cole Aldridge. You know, they bought him out and uh, said goodbye to him. He could come back at a veteran's minimum. Uh, as a role player, just to kind of fill out that 15th man. So we'll see what they do. They still got at least, I think, three roster spots, maybe more. And then you've got the other two way to, to throw out. So they've got, they've got some work to do and they have to tr- do it cheaply. Yeah. And, uh, what, uh, and Patton, uh, they, uh, when I talked to David a, a month ago, he was, they're very uncertain about what's happening with him, right? It's, uh, it's no, uh, they're the trying to be op- on, they're trying to be optimistic, but I don't think they have any idea. He's on the end of the bench and is a good uh, leader and and playing a good role of coach down here because you hear his voice a lot. But uh, yeah, he's not uh, he's not available for summer league just like last year. Probably won't be available for camp. You know, big guys and little bones in their feet don't no. always do so well. So uh, you know, if they could get him back, you know, ready sometime by the time the season starts, I think that would probably be a, a win for them. But uh, you just don't know. They they claim they're not worried about him long term. That this you know this has been done 
before to players to come back in and, and clean it up and try to improve it. So, so we'll see. They're already, uh, presumably, you know, once they get town signed, uh, they're already over the cap. So what can they, what kind of a contract can they give to people now? Is it like the veterans minimum? Is that it? Well, I think there's a, there's still a, a, a I got to ask tips about that tonight. They got, they got, there's a, a 3.4 million exception, but I'm not sure they're going to use that. You can only use it every other year. And, okay. uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, this is the first time ever, at least since I've covered the team, you know, that you're talking about luxury tax and yeah. cap and, you know, hitting into it before. You never had to worry about that with those teams that I covered for the last 12 years. So um, right now, as far as I know, I think it's just all minimums, you know, but uh, we could we could see, uh, it probably won't come to later this summer, but we could even see a little bit more of the, the Timber Bulls. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Joe Kim Noah and Luol Deng are both out there. If either of them get released and bought out by their team, but you know that might not happen closer to September if it does at all. Well, if they can't move uh, Gorgie, what the hell are they going to do with him? Is he just going to be the backup center? Can they get him more involved? What what can they do there? That that's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, you hopefully that you get the depth a little bit more that. Uh, Tibbs trusts his bench a little bit more, and then there's a bigger role for him because I think when they signed him, they envisioned him playing a big role, even though maybe it was going to be off the bench. But when you don't play your bench at all, he just never found he he never found a you know a role he liked. He never got comfortable playing the limited minutes, and uh, was not you know he was a good soldier, but you could tell he wasn't very happy last year. So uh, you know maybe if you uh, you bring in Derrick Rose and you get Tolliver a role, and uh, one or two of these rookies. Can, can round out your second unit. You know, maybe they play some more, and, and you can, Gorgie can be a little more effective. Uh, and maybe just time, knowing that he's got to come back and do this another year, might make him a little better he, or more comfortable in that role. He likes that three guard uh, thing that uh, he was playing later in the year with Rose and Tyus with Crawford. They they need that third guard uh, to to fill that uh, out. Uh, if it, I mean, a Kogi would be a possibility, but I wouldn't bet on that. So they they still looking for one wing. You think? Yeah, there's still you know there's still lots of guys out there, and not a lot of money to spend. You know, I don't know if uh, you know maybe who knows when maybe we see another Wolves reunion with a guy like Corey Brewer or something like that, another wing player who's going to be looking for uh, work. You know, they've talked to a ton of guys. I don't know if they, like I know they talked to Corey, but they haven't gotten at least last I knew hadn't gotten really serious about it. But uh, yeah, there's there's a even though they added uh, well if if, if you can uh, count uh, Bates' job as the sort of a wing player, you know, they've added uh, two guys there. They could still use another one. Uh, tell uh, Mr. Jop that uh, when he call, when you start calling him Jop, nobody will know who the hell he's talking about because uh, yeah. we, we Minnesotans look at We see Diop. I'm sorry. There's uh, It's just going to be very difficult. We go, uh, we go phonetically, don't we? Yes, yes. I hope it's not a long walk from your hotel to the arena because it's about 110 out there. Huh? Well, it's the first time I've covered Summer League where I've been a uh, lift uh, user, so that, that makes it a lot easier covering summer league than not having to get a car. And and uh, I was actually a uh, card in a, a sports book putting a couple of British Open picks, uh, Ooh, picks down. Okay. So who'd you take? Um, well, the two guys I got is uh, I, I I will probably do like uh, four four guys who are kind of real long shots, but my my two guys are Sergio. Just on the odds, I, I hate betting on guys for uh-huh. ten to one for for golf sure. tournament, and, and Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, okay. I think that everybody expected him to win a year ago. Maybe he was just a year late. 
Okay. Hey, uh, uh, Yankees Orioles second game, the second game of the doubleheader. You might want to go back to the sports book uh, after watching the Orioles this weekend. All right. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Talk to you. Oops, we lost him. Jerry's a go to. Will, uh, thanks, Jerry, and we'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? On this day in history, 1962, July 9th, 1962, Bob Dylan uh, walked into a studio and recorded uh, for the first time, Blowing in the Wind, Mm. the song that would make him a star. Of course, Peter, Paul, and Mary stole it, ripped it off, and it was a big hit for them. And it hit the pop charts uh, before Dylan actually uh, got it out there in the public. Uh, He did it on his uh, breakthrough album, The Free Will and Bob Dylan. But uh, Blowing in the Wind, the first of his, oh, four or five hundred big hits. He's had a couple. Yes. He said it wasn't a protest song, even though everybody else uh, saw it as as one of the great protest songs of all time. Uh, From uh, Blowing in the Wind, he uh, came up with The Times They Are Changing. That wasn't too bad. Like a Rolling Stone, all of that good stuff. And the Beatles actually uh, said they took a lot of songwriting hits from uh, watching uh, or listening to Dylan's stuff back in the day. Bob Dylan, July 9th, 1962. Do you know, by the way, he's from Hibbing? I did know and that. his name was yeah, Really? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> stuff you only learn here. 